Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to SCL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from RobNonphoto.com and this is my little audio and video journey through the uh, wonderful world of photography. Well, thanks everybody for joining me today um, or whatever time you've uh, downloaded the podcast or you're, maybe you're watching the video on YouTube because yet again I'm having another attempt at recording uh, SEL live via uh, YouTube, Google uh, live hangout thingy, which I'm starting to get the hang of. Now, first off, I should really apologise probably for the last podcast or the last video. It was all probably, it was all a little bit jilted uh, because it was the first time I'd really had a go at trying to do one of these hangouts on air things. And the difficult thing is trying to talk and remember what I should be speaking about to try and make the podcast and the video interesting. And then also using my brain to try and change between the screens to show the people who are watching the video different things. So if you're watching the podcast in last time, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you thought, Rob, what's going on? Are you like reading the newspaper while you're uh, while you're doing the podcast? I wasn't. I was just all fingers and thumbs trying to figure out how to do this thing. But fingers crossed, speaking of fingers, it should be a little bit better this time. And the quality of the audio podcast should be up to its normal level of uh, incompetence and the video is probably going to be a little bit of the same but hopefully one will be listenable and one perhaps might be a little bit watchable as well well I hope everybody's had a great week um we're rolling towards christmas aren't we so this what this week's podcast is all going to be about uh helping you to maybe choose some christmas presents that you might want to buy for other people (laughs) forget that the christmas presents you want to buy for yourself and it might not be you want to buy them before Christmas you might have to play the I tell you what darling I'll get something in the January sales card and uh, get, get them after Christmas or some maybe these are things you may be thinking about for for the year ahead first off though what have I been doing this week working a lot as you'd imagine six days a week at the moment lots of things to do um, I don't know if I said last week but I have finally got around to finishing off the film in my Nikon F65 and I'm planning hopefully to develop it this afternoon and even get in some scanning time as well because one of the things I kind of figured out was you know I'm doing this on my new lap my new laptop my new Aspire E1571 uh, which is great by the way I'm really loving it um I thought what am I gonna do with the old laptop which was Oliver's old laptop you know so it's been and then when he got it I think it was second hand then as well so it's been handed down a few times between a few different people uh, but the battery doesn't work anymore. You've got to run off the power all the time. But it's still, you know, it's an okay laptop. It's, I think it's got two gigs of RAM. It runs Windows XP really fast. And I thought, well, that's going to be my scanning computer, obviously, isn't it? Because I bet if I try and plug my Epson scanner into this new Windows 8 
laptop. It's probably not. There's probably not going to be any drivers for it or anything like that. Um, whereas I can use that old one for that, and it'll become a dedicated scanning computer. So that's the plan for that one. So maybe this afternoon, I've done a few chores today. I've done the uh, vacuuming up. I've done a load of ironing. I've uh, tidied up the greenhouse. Um, maybe I'll do that. Oliver and Susanna are off at the gym at the moment, leaving me to my own devices. So I thought, let's dive in and uh, contact everybody and uh, do that that way. Now, did go to the car boot this morning. It is Sunday here in uh, Gosport in the uh, south coast of the UK and picked up this little beauty. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, this is a Minolta Dynax 404SI 35mm film camera. I saw it on the side. You know, I've got enough 35mm film cameras, but I'm always a bit of a sucker for something that's in good condition. And uh, I'm always worried that they're going to end up being thrown away. So I asked the person, the lady on the uh, the store, how much do you want for it? She said £4. So I thought, you know, for for the less than the price of a decent roll of 35mm film, this has got to be it. But I did my normal checks, tried to turn it on, wouldn't turn on, but no surprise there. But opened up the uh, little battery compartment whoops, to see what battery it takes and whether the batteries have leaked or not. And this takes CR2s. And when you do buy these sorts of uh, film SLR cameras, and the Dynax is like, it almost looks like a digital SLR, um, but it just takes film. So it's got like a plastic body, plastic lens, 28 to 80, f3.5 to 5.6, you know, standard kind of kit lens. Uh, the, the expensive thing about them is really the, is the, is the batteries. Um, CR2s can be quite expensive if you buy them in shops, but if you go online, go somewhere like 7 Day Shop or Amazon or anywhere like that, you can pick them up pick them up quite cheap so i probably won't get a chance to to use this use it and review it before christmas um but uh, probably after christmas I'll, I'll run some film through it probably black and white maybe a roll of color and we'll see how it goes on because remember although minolta as a uh, camera manufacturer now is now defunct what did happen was all the technology and i guess the engineers and all the patents and all the designs got got bought by sony and so if you do pick up any of these autofocus Minolta's, not the manual focus ones, but the autofocus Minolta's, the lenses do fit Sony um, digital cameras. So if you've got like an A200, A300 or something like that, you can just take this off and put it. Obviously, it's it's, it's old technology uh, with the autofocus stuff in these lenses, but um, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Minolta. One of the first 35mm cameras I got when I kind of came back to photography, kind of rediscovered it from when I was a kid, was the uh, Minolta SRT 101 35mm film camera with the 51.4 lens on, which again I picked up from Bridge Mary Car Boot Sale for, I think it was something silly like a fiver, um, and I love that camera. It's a fully ma- manual one where this is batteries, but there we go, got that this morning. There's a few other cameras down there, but there's quite a few people at Car Boots now that when they do have these... I guess you call them vintage film cameras. They do seem to want an awful lot of money for them. And you, you see things like Practicas, which are nice cameras, but they're nothing special. And people want 30, 40 pounds for a minute. There was a, there was a Canon, actually, T50, I think it was, but it looked a bit scrappy. Uh, they didn't have the cover on the, the body. Um, and I thought, mm, maybe not, maybe not. So there we go. Um, that's what I've been up to. Looking forward to taking some more photographs this week with back to uh, the 350D and digital. So let's get started with uh, this week's subject, which is Christmas. Things to buy, things to do, um, ideas you might have. And I've kind of picked a few things that I've already got and some things that I want myself. So let's now press the little thing that does the screen share. And I'll tell it I want to go to that screen. And for if for the people watching 
the uh, video on YouTube, you'll now be able to see a screenshot of a Yongnuo TTL YN565EX. Because the first Christmas idea, Christmas present idea that I think every photographer should, should want and should have is an off camera flash actually that's wrong that doesn't have to be an off-camera flash it's just got to be an additional flash for the top of your camera which you can then mount off camera because what i don't want everybody to think about is that in order to take nice portraits and nice photographs inside where you need flash for example um, because it's too dark or people are moving around too fast you don't need to get the flash off the camera you know people always say that you've got to get the flash off the camera you don't what you need to do is get the flash off the uh, pointing away from the camera, if you see what I mean. Um, which means bouncing it off the walls or off the ceiling. And if you, what you need to do, what you want, you want to get yourself an ETTL flash or an ITTL flash. You want a fully automatic flash that you can then connect to your Canon, your Nikon, your Sony, your Olympus, your Pentax, etc., or you know your Fuji or whatever camera it is. One that's got a swivel head that will uh, turn around and go up and down. Most of them do that now, but it, but an automatic one. Now I know the strobist goes on, and I've talked about it in the past, about using manual settings for your flash. You know, manual's best, it's easy, you can dial it in and you're there. However, that's all well and good when you're in a, uh, a studio situation or a portrait situation. But at Christmas, or when, you, when you're taking pictures with the kids and they're running from room to room, or the grandkids running from room to room, and you've got changing light situations all the time, Fully automatic is brilliant because all you have to do is you put the flash on your camera, you go to your favourite mode, say for me be aperture priority mode, I'll dial in f5.6 or, f, or f8, something like that. Um, and then I'll um, fire up um, the flash and because it's in fully automatic mode, it means that I don't have to worry about it, I just aim the flash at the ceiling and you get the natural light looking photographs because the light goes up, it hits the ceiling and it spreads out, becomes nice and soft and you get some really, really nice uh, photographs that way. It's incredibly simple, it's incredibly fast, it works almost every time and if you haven't got one already, put it on your Christmas list, a fully automatic flash. I mean, in my case I got the YN565EX from um, Yongnuo. Uh, very cheap, not that reliable. There's lots of. If you look at the reviews on Amazon, you'll probably see the fact that they do get a uh, few people saying not that reliable, did break. But my one's still going strong, and um, uh, I've been very pleased for it. I've got lots of Young Noo flashes, and none of them have, have let me down. Apart from you get the odd thing pinging off, like the, the like the bounce card or the diffuser. But apart from that, um, very very good. So get yourself a ETTL flash, whether it be a Canon one, a Nikon one, or Young Noo or Met or one of the other ones. Once you've got yourself an ETTL flash, what you then want is something called a ray flash adapter. Now I haven't got one of these, but I want one. Uh, but traditionally the good ones um, have been quite expensive. And what this thing is, it's an adapter that fixes onto your flash that then has like a, a clear diffuser that goes around the lens, which creates uh, the, the the ring flash look that you see in fashion photography and portrait photography, which can be quite flattering, um, because it, it it's a bit it's almost like a flat light, but it gives you a certain look. Um, people like Rankin use it a lot. Celebrities tend to use it a lot, and the fashion photographers tend to use it a lot. Normally, you would have to have quite an expensive ring flash, like a separate unit, or a real ring flash that actually has 
elements inside it which are incredibly expensive but things like the uh, the ray flash ring flash adapter or um, the Orbis ring flash do it a lot cheaper now the Orbis one is, is quite expensive it's about I think it's about 250 pounds all in if you buy the adapter and, and the bracket and ray flash used to be quite expensive as well but they've just brought out a universal adapter um, which is retailing for on amazon.co.uk at the moment um, about a hundred pounds um, so that's definitely gone on my Christmas list I don't think I'm going to get one to Christmas because I to be honest I know I've had my laptop ready for Christmas that was an early Christmas present excuse me just got to take a quick drink um, but for a hundred pounds it's definitely worth getting and you use that in combination with your automatic flash and you'll have beautiful portrait photographs in situations where maybe you haven't got the time or the space to set up your umbrella and your, your off-camera flashes you just mount basically your, your flash on the top of your camera and the ray flash goes around the lens and then clamps onto the top of your flash and you get this beautiful uh, light coming off it so that's my little tip there the new universal ring flash adapter there's two of them depending on the size of the flash or the camera you've got but if you go to if you do a google search for new ray flash You'll be able to see the, uh, the the two different models, and it tells you which models. So my Canon 350D would use an RFU-S. Uh, if you had a 60D, it would be the RFU-L. I guess that's large and and small. Very excited about that. A great price, um, and uh, yeah, can't wait to have a go. Now my next Christmas. Um, example my next Christmas idea is a book uh, by Herb Ritz called LA Style. Her, if you haven't heard of Herb Ritz yet just go to Google in the search box just put in Herb Ritz photos or just Herb Ritz and then do an image search and you'll look at his work well known for classic fashion and portrait black and white um, Hollywood stuff um, off the top of my head if you can remember things like Ad Madonna's um, video I can't remember the song but where she's dancing around in the surf that in black and white that one that's Herb Ritz's work on the video front um, on the YouTube video now I've just gone to a site because the, cause the Herb Ritz book LA, LA Style was produced to go along with an exhibition of his work at the Getty Center um, and I, I do believe the exhibition went on to tour the country and I, I just really like his work he's, he's, he's black and white um, obviously he has some amazing models you know working in the 80s and 90s working with some of the most beautiful women in 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 the world uh, supermodels but his work with that I think probably mostly natural light but this that fantastic um California light is really stunningly uh, beautiful um working with people like um, this this picture here Cindy Crawford I'll put the links to to this particular site in the show notes as well stunningly great work um I find him incredibly inspirational. Not that you know, not that Rob Nunn, at age 41, is going to become a fashion photographer um, anytime soon. But I, I, I enjoy great photographs. I enjoy beautiful photographs. I enjoy photographs where the truth is quite a, a large element. Now I know with fashion and the, the, you know these are retouched, um, but. There's, there's just something about the, the the era. I think probably the, when he was taking these photographs of of models like um, Claudia Schiffer, Schiffer and um, uh, et al. You know that the, the sort of first of the real supermodels. 
you know, I was probably a teenager when this was going on, and, and it kind of, this, uh, like, you know, imagine like the Calvin Klein black and white adverts, that sort of thing. That was uh, that was Herbert's work. And and the book, LA, LA Style, so go on Amazon, it's not very expensive. Um, have a look at it. If you like the photos, you know, get it on your bookshelf, because as a photographer, one of the things we probably should do more of is looking at more great photographs and buying more photograph books so we can actually see these prints and um, really uh, really enjoy the work. Excuse me, just taking another, another drink. Now, my next two ideas for Christmas are lenses. Um, lenses are expensive, aren't they? Very, very expensive. All, all I've got I say all I've got Canon wise I've got I have got a few now haven't I I've got my kit 1855 I've got the 55 to 250 telephoto I've got the 518 which was bought from a car boot sale and I've got the 75 or no I've got the 100 to 300 push pull lens with uh, with with a converter and then I've got multiple M42 lenses that I use with adapters and stuff like that but I think really with my 18 to 55, my 55 to 250, although they're kit lenses and they're basic lenses, they're, they're pretty good. The 18 to 55, I think, is a little bit soft, but the 55 to 250 Canon lens is really good. You know, you, that is as sharp as tack um, in many, many situations. Very, very good lens itself. Um, and I, I'm not really in the situation to be able to afford other lenses. However, there are a couple of lenses that I've got my eye on because I, got, I missed the chance to buy one of these earlier on in the year just because I was faffing around on Gumtree when I should have just dived in. Um, and these are both Rokinon lenses. And you've probably, maybe you've heard about them already, but uh, the Rokinon lenses, we're talking about the 8mm uh, 3.5 and the 85mm f1.4. So the 8mm 3.5, it's a fisheye lens, really good wide-angle lens um, for specific applications. It's not a fisheye in terms of it doesn't give you a round circle in the middle like, like some of them do. What it enables you to do is get in a massive angle of view. I think it's probably almost 180 degrees. Um, and in situations where you can't back any further, say you're in a room, or you want that dramatic landscape type of shots, super wide and fisheyes can be uh, very exciting indeed. Just think of you know skateboarding videos and things like that. Um, they're often shot on wide-angle lenses, and these lenses are manual focus, manual aperture. Uh, they're they're not cheap still. I mean, I, I think you're still talking 200, 300 pounds, um, but they're a lot cheaper than the equivalent Canon or Nikon or Sony or Pentax, etc. Uh, equivalents. And so, you know, if you're into your architecture and your your um, while. Uh, I was going to say wildlife, then landscape photography. I think the 85 3.5 would be it's something to have in addition to your standard lenses, you know, your 18 to 55 or, or your 28, say, whichever you use. Because you can't use a fisheye all the time because it quickly becomes boring. But for certain situations, it definitely adds that drama. Think about the photos you see from, like, the World Cup or the Super Bowl of uh, taken inside the stadium, in the stands, farther back. But you can see the whole of the inside of the stadium. And with that sort of 8mm fisheye lens, you can do that without having to do any stitching in Photoshop. And the other lens is the 85-1.4, which is, by, by all accounts, many people say this is a superb lens, um, perfect for portrait photography. Uh, being 85mm on a full-frame uh, camera, uh, it's a true 85 on a um, 
crop sensor like my 350D, obviously you times it by 1.6, so it, it, it's a bit like having something a little bit longer, but that longer telephoto um, focal length is great for being uh, flattering for subjects. 1.4 means you can get an incredibly uh, uh, narrow depth of field. Uh, you can compress scenes as well, so one of the uh, reasons why telephoto lenses are different and, and some would say better for portrait photography is because you can get that blurred background, can't you? And one of the reasons why the blurred backgrounds look better is because the scene is being compressed, so the blurred background appears closer and the blurred blurriness, if you like, hence, is, is a little bit bigger. Um, oh, one thing I should have said, the uh, the Rokinon fisheye lens is only a crop sensor. Uh, you can't put, use that on a full-frame camera. You'd always be using it on something like 350Ds, 550Ds, 600Ds, um, Nikon uh, 5100, 700s, that, 7000s, that, that sort of thing. Um, but the 85, again, price, again, 300, uh, 300 pounds, I think, roughly, uh, to 400, depending on where you get it from. Probably a little bit cheaper if you get it on eBay. Manual focus, manual aperture, so not great for moving subjects running around, but if you want to do natural light portraits, you know, using that f1.4 or maybe, you know, f1.8, what a great lens to have in your bag. Quite heavy, um, two pounds, but for the money, you know, the equivalent Canon or Nikon Sony lens would be hundreds and hundreds of pounds more. So think about that one, the Rokinon 85mm. My next pick for Christmas is some, is a book I already have. If you look on the YouTube stream, I've already done a review of it. It's Helmut Newton work. Now I know Helmut Newton isn't everybody's cup of tea. Um, some people see them, him as a very sexist um, uh, type of photographer. Uh, definitely a, a little bit on the erotic side, a lot of his work, but uh, an iconic fashion photographer from the 60s, 70s and 80s. His, a lot of his work is, is mesmerising. You cannot deny he had a vision of, of what his work should be. And Helmut Newton work by um, Taschen is a fabulous book. It's nice and big and it's incredibly cheap as well on Amazon.co.uk uh, or Amazon.com. Um, he's the kind of photographer who I look at along with like David Bailey uh, and you just think, wow, this... He, they're very lucky, these photographers. Well, I say they're very lucky. They work very, very hard to get them in the positions they have, and then they have amazing subjects. You know, they, they, he's working with some of the most beautiful models of his particular era, um, and some of the beautiful, most beautiful subjects. So, um, you know, fantastic work. Uh, colour, a little bit of colour, lots of black and white. Um, Helmut Newton work, uh, published by Taschen. Search it out. It is absolutely superb. And my next Christmas pick, get yourself a new laptop. I couldn't have described to you the difference getting a new laptop has made to, to the way that I use like my computer, use the internet as well. Um, I didn't realise how limiting it was using my old laptop where I had to always be near a PowerPoint and couldn't unplug it uh, without turning it off because I had to take somewhere else and boot it up again. It, re <laughs> it really, really was a pain in the, in the backside. But my new one, which is an Acer Aspire E1571, um, it, it's not particularly high in laptop. It costs us just over £400. Um, it's uh, 4 gig gigabytes of RAM. It's got Windows 8, which isn't as bad as you think it is. Just install Classic Shell and then put up with a swiping thing. Um, 750 gig hard drive, uh, Core i5. I, 
how much faster it will be when I come down to rendering videos, I don't know. I haven't actually had to go at rendering a video yet because I've been doing all my work um, using Google Hangouts. But when I do my uh, Nikon F65 35mm film review, I will definitely uh, be rendering some video. But that's hopefully it's going to be a lot, lot faster. And it's just a joy being able to have to sort of sit in bed using my PC. <laughs> Use my laptop, move it wherever I want. I could take it to work. Uh, the battery lasts about four hours if I'm careful. Um, and so, if you've got a laptop that's a little bit long in the tooth, or even a desktop that's a little bit long in the tooth, do yourself a favour. Go and go and go down to your local Best Buy or Curry's or look on Amazon and get yourself a new laptop. You definitely won't forget it. Even the screen is so much better. The blacks are so much blacker. It's so much crisper. My photographs look better. And this was on a £400 laptop. So if you've got the cash to buy, I don't know, an, uh, a MacBook Pro or something like that, or, or a more higher-end laptop, imagine how much better that would be. But the other thing that has really... Um, boosted and improved the way that I work on the internet and the things I can do and the way I consume it is we've also got new broadband. Uh, I don't know that this will really apply for people in other parts of the world but in the UK um, we have really the, there's there's two types of broadband you can get, two types of internet connection you can get. You get the stuff that comes down the phone line and then you get the cable stuff, the the fibre optic cable that has been run all over the country, which is run by, uh, in most places, run by Virgin Media. And for the last, uh, since we've had broadband, you know, from, from, I don't know, 10 years ago, we've been with, uh, mostly been with Tesco, which is a big supermarket in the UK, and they do lots of other things as well. And they do broadband. And I really have been driven mostly by price, to be honest, and um and the Tesco was pretty cheap and it was unlimited so you could have as much as you wanted but recently over the past couple of years it become a bit patchy um, lots of droppages and because so many people in the house now me well there's only three of us but with me Oliver and Suzanne we've all got internet connected devices Oliver with his phone his laptop his Xbox his TV um, me with my laptop and phone Suzanne with her laptops and phones you know it just didn't cut it you couldn't watch uh, the maximum speed I would get is about two megabytes. That's what it was, and so in reality, it was about one megabyte down. It meant downloading videos and watching videos, even on things like YouTube. You'd have to watch it in the lowest quality, and it was a right poor, right pain in um, the aforementioned uh, bottom. So, a few weeks ago, I said during one time when the, the broadband went out again, and Oliver was trying to do his homework, I said, "Sod it." You know, what's the thing that we spend most of the time on, you know, in the evenings? Um, probably, you know, watching telly, but also going on the internet. We spend an awful lot of time on the internet, so why don't we get the best we can get? So I signed us up for broad for Virgin Media's 100 megabyte broadband, um, which I think is now 120 megabytes um, in our area, and it's going up to 150 megabytes um, next year. And I can confirm, if you use a cable, so if you use an Ethernet cable and connects your, your laptop or your computer directly to the Virgin um, uh, router thingy, um, you get 100 megabytes down. I've had 100 megabytes down, you get about 10 megabytes up. If you're using wireless, so you're using um, the, the wireless broadband around the hound, it, it drops significantly depending where you are. So if you're in the same room, you can get 85 to 90. Um, if you're upstairs, you know, 10, 15 or feet away, it drops to like 60, uh, 70. If you're a longer way away, you know, it drops accordingly. So, but it's still 20 times, 30 times faster than the, the Tesco we had. Admittedly, it's more expensive. I think our, our 
after the offer periods over after six months is going to be costing us about I think it's about forty pounds a month. So you're looking well five, over five hundred pounds a year just for internet access and uh, well it includes the phone as well. We didn't bother going with any television or, or anything like that. But the difference is amazing. It really is. You know, you watch YouTube videos at full at full resolution straight away. You can download films in you know, high def films in about four minutes. Um, we can all be doing stuff like watching videos. Oliver's on his Xbox, battling his mates all over the world, and I don't get the cry of "Dad, Dad, I'm lagging, I'm lagging." <laughs> There's none of that. It is just a charm. It's how the internet should be. So if you can afford it, do you and your family a favour get yourself signed up to some really fast broadband it will change the way you use the internet and it's enabled me to to do this video now um because i can uh, i can stream it straight up to youtube whereas before there's no way i could do that at all and kind of to go with um the virgin um the media the fast broadband um we join netflix as well so we've got un on demand television and that's been brilliant as well um i've kind of I've kind of given Netflix as the, as the as the pick, but really it's on-demand television. If you've got a broadband connection that's fast enough, the ability just to go, right, I'm going to watch this now. Um, so, for example, for me, I've been watching loads of Battlestar Galactica, working my way through that, never seen it before, and I'm really looking forward to working my way through things like um, uh, House of Cards, the American version, um, Breaking Bad... Um, Dexter, never bothered seeing that. Load, there's loads of great stuff on on Netflix. Loads of great stuff for the kids as well. Loads of horror films. I mean, undoubtedly, there's lots of rubbish on there as well, but um, that's really good. And also, if you do a quick Google search for "watch Netflix in the USA," you can. There's a little add-on for Chrome that you can uh, add on and activate, which means that you're not meant to, but you can watch Netflix in the USA, which has got loads of other good stuff on as well that isn't in the UK, so that's just marvellous. Um, but not just Netflix as well. Oh, you might remember I got a Roku XS box from the car boot sale not that long ago, and that's connected to the TV in our bedroom. And it's great being able to watch Netflix, but also the BBC, you know, watching BBC iPlayer um, is is absolutely marvellous, just being able to watch you know the programs you want to watch. You can watch the latest episode of QI when you want to watch it, um, or maybe Suzanne wants to watch some of her cuckoo programs, uh, the Great British Bake Off stuff like that. Um, I really do, uh, really do, and uh, really do enjoy um, on-demand television. Never really had it before, and I know that might sound a little bit old-fashioned, um, but for me, it, it, it is it is absolutely, absolutely um, amazing. Um, Oh, talking of the BBC, did anybody see the Doctor Who special last night, um, The Day of the Doctor? If you haven't watched it, I'm not going to do, do any spoilers, but let me just uh, tell you, it is brilliant. If you're a Doctor Who fan, you'll love it. Um, with Doctor Who, I mean, I really enjoyed Doctor Who from, from being a kid. And when you watch some, when you watch it sometimes, you kind of you get all excited. You think, oh, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be amazing. And then you start watching, you think... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not that, you know. There's a few things maybe that that you wouldn't that you would change, but but trust me, this episode, although there's a few bits like that in it where you kind of question it, by the time it gets to the end and the credits have rolled, you, you'll be like, that was amazing. They've done a fantastic job um, of celebrating the last fifty years of um, of Doctor Who, and I tell you what, my spine 
doesn't tingle that much when I watch television. Um, I don't get goosebumps on my arms very often watching television. You know, I'm talking about fiction here. Obviously, we're watching the news and there's nasty things and stuff like that. Then that makes a big difference. But the last ten minutes of Doctor Who, uh, the day of the Doctor, uh, is one of those moments. And if you're a fan, you will absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, but that aside, so the final, what's my final number 10 tip for Christmas? Christmas idea. Um, how about time? Giving yourself some time next year. We come, we're coming to the end of the 2013 now. So what you should be doing is looking at where you've what you've done this year. Uh, look at the photographs you've taken. Look at the projects you've been doing. How far did you get? Uh, maybe what went wrong? Um didn't you get enough time to go out? Were the projects maybe a little bit too far-reaching? Or weren't they far-reaching enough? Didn't they challenge you? Did you get bored by the subject? And really think about how next year for 2014, you're going to give yourself some definite photographic goals and how you're going to reach them as well. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of months. Um, and I'll share with them in a, in a later podcast about what I'm going to be doing for 2014. I've definitely got some plans and I'm going to be rigorously really planning how I'm going to go about it. You know, if w one of my um, ideas, if you like, is to kind of base the subjects that I want to take around roads. Um, so uh, traditionally, I, the way I would take photographs, I go to a place and I do a photo walk. I walk around and I take lots of photographs and then I go home and I process them and upload them. And what I've been doing this year is relating that to places. So I've been uh, had big uh, groups for like uh, photos in Portsmouth, photos in Gosport, photos in Fareham. And I've been kind of topping them up and I kind of have a, a list as well of places to visit um, that I'll try and when I get some spare time go and do it. But what I thought I might do for 2014, it will be based around roads. So, for example, the main road that goes through Gosport, my sort of the town where we live, that goes from like the ferry out to, to Fareham and, and onwards is the A32. So I'm going to go do a project called A32. So I'm going to visit loads of places in and around the A32 and take lots of photographs because it's easy. Because, you know, I drive a car, uh, it's fast, I can drive somewhere, park up, go around, take through photographs, add them to the, the collection, if you like, and then move on, you know, go a little bit further or, or closer to fat closer to home and do it that way and I'm going to say okay well I'm going to get up like half an hour earlier every day in order to go out and take some photos before work um, another su subject might well be Copner Road in Portsmouth I say well look I'm really going to take loads of photos on Copner Road because that's where my store is where I work it means that every lunchtime when I get my half an hour break I can go out or maybe before work and afterwards I can go out and take photographs along Copner Road and build up a good body of work for that particular project um, which I can share throughout 2014 because it's very easy you know uh, one of my favourite sayings is from um, that Star Trek movie I can't remember which one it is uh, where there's the baddie and I think he's talking to Picard and he says you know time is the flame in which we burn um, you know we've got a limited amount of time out there um, and let's make the most of it by really thinking about what we want to shoot and how we're going to go out about it. Because if you if you don't plan to do something, chances are you know you know you, you won't. So there we go. That's my final Christmas present idea for 2013. Give yourself some time to go out and take the photographs so you really want. All that really remains is to say thank you to everybody. Thanks for taking part in the Flickr Photo Group. Some marvellous work going along going uh, along over there. Um, if you haven't joined already, join Flickr. It's free. Find the rubnonphoto.com photo group. Put your photos 
in the pool. You also have a look at the autumn. Uh, sorry, the, is it the sorry the autumn photo assignment we've got. There's some beautiful photos going on over there. Thanks everybody for doing that. Thank you everybody for uh, putting comments on the website and on my photos as well. Thank you very much for that. And there will be some new ones. I haven't posted any new photos for about a month because I've been shooting film and haven't uh, got around to do it. Thanks for everybody for doing iTunes reviews. That really helps if you can go over to iTunes and just say, hey, SEL Photography Podcast, not as rubbish as it used to be. <laughs> hopefully, um, or within whatever RSS uh, or podcast feeder you use. Thanks to Everyday Jones, who do the intro and outro music that you hear on the audio podcast, you don't hear on the video. Um, but most of all, I'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the audio podcast and watching the video on um, on YouTube or wherever uh, videos are, are watched. Remember, my name's Rob from robnumphoto.com. You can contact me scalespeeder at gmail.com that's s-c-a-l-e-s-p-e-e-d-e-r at gmail.com um, and hopefully pretty soon I'll see you on Flickr thanks for watching and listening